Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Howdy, Tiger fans. Look, I know what you're going through. Your skin is itching, you're stressed out, you're barking at your wife for no good reason, and you can't figure out why. Uh, you're going through withdrawals. you got to wait a whole week to get you some Mazad cast action. Because unlike our Missouri Tigers, we produce blowouts every week, and uh, it's hard to go a whole seven days. That's why we've been giving you these extra shows, these preview shows, where we do some interviews with folks who know a hell of a lot more than we do because we don't know anything. And uh, here's another one for you. Today, we're going to have a couple of guests for you. We've got Tony Neely, who's the Assistant Athletic Director for the University of Kentucky, Wildcats. And then we're bringing you a, uh, another Super Bowl star, Byron Chamberlain, who uh, won two Super Bowls with the Denver Broncos, sorry Chiefs fans, back in the 90s. And he's a Mizzou guy as well. So he's going to talk to you a little bit about our Tigers and what we might run up against an SEC play. So for those of you counting at home with uh, Booker McFarland's two Super Bowl rings and now Byron's two, we're, we can hang four Super Bowls on our interview banner. Anyway, let's get to the action. Here is your Mazzodcast. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. And there he goes. This is the Mazad Cat. Joining us now is the Assistant Athletic Director for Media Relations at the University of Kentucky, Tony Neely. Thanks for joining us, Tony. Uh, glad to be on, Brendan. Thanks for having me. Sure. Um, I was wanting to talk to you this week because we got the big matchup between Missouri at Kentucky, and uh, it looks like, to me, it's going to be a battle of two schools who are in very similar situations this season. Kentucky had a couple big wins early, including a conference win against South Carolina, and then uh, struggled a little bit against Florida, a very close loss, but I'm sure a difficult one, and uh, saw a similar situation in Missouri where he just couldn't get a lot of points on the board. Yep, we've, uh, like I said, got off a pretty good start. It, it's, it seems to be kind of what we thought so far. We we felt like we were fairly evenly matched with just about everybody on our schedule. It was just one of those years where, uh, uh, it, you know, it looks like, uh, you know, you could draw up a scenario, okay, I can see how we can win this game, and I can see how, you know, we can struggle in this game. And that's the way it's been the first three games. We've uh, All three games have been decided by a touchdown or less, and uh, so it's come down to the unfortunately we've been able to pull out two of the three uh, as literally they've all uh, come down to the last minute, but uh, been fortunate to pull out two out of three, and we're looking forward to uh, playing host to uh, another outstanding Missouri team on Saturday. Yeah, it should be a good one, and, and I look at the performances last week, and I, I can envision a scenario where it's a very low-scoring game and a defensive battle, but 
I, I worry a little bit about your Kentucky defense, especially you've got senior linebacker uh, Ryan Flanagan returning. Tell us a little bit about how he can impact that uh, Kentucky defense. Well, Ryan helps us. He's been out the first three games uh, because of a shoulder injury, but uh, uh, looks like he's healed now, going to be able to come back this week. And Of course, he'll be a little rusty. He hasn't seen any game action yet, but uh, he's a guy who brings uh, a lot of speed to the linebacker position. He's not a real huge guy, but uh, he gets to the ball in a hurry and is usually a pretty sure tackler once he gets there. Uh, so he's um, somebody that can help us, uh, you know, maybe in a blitz situation or you know just tracking guys down across the field because uh, he does have good speed and and uh, it's really helpful. We've been we've been thin at linebacker this year and you know just really missed him from a depth perspective. So being able to, to add him back into the rotation uh, is is really really helpful. You know, Missouri's struggles uh, resulted from a very young receiving core and uh, sort of a unexpected struggle coming from the running game. Tell me a little bit about what Kentucky's defensive strengths are or uh, maybe some of their weaknesses. I know that Russell Hansborough is in the depth chart this morning for Pinkle's staff to be the number one starter, so there might be an uptick in the running game from Missouri. How do you think Kentucky can handle that? Well, uh, we'll have to be, definitely be on the outlook. Uh, I've put Hansborough on one of my preseason All-SEC teams because I've got a lot of a lot of respect for him. I think he's a very good running back. Uh, and so we will have to do a good job against him and, of course, the, the other runners uh, in the uh, Tiger backfield, this winter, Tyler Hunt and so forth. We have been – you know, it's funny, but our offensive and defense have each shown strengths and weaknesses so far this year. We've had some things we've done pretty well and some things we've, we've done not so well. Uh, first game, we struggled against the run, against uh, – uh, Louisiana Lafayette, they do a great job with the read option, and we just really struggle with that. Uh, but we've gotten a little better uh, against the run last couple of games. We'll just have to see how it uh, turns out on Saturday. The thing that we have done uh, fairly well so far is that uh, our red zone defense has been pretty good. We've been able to, uh, when we get around the, the goal line within the 20-yard line or so, we've been able to to uh, you know make teams uh, try field goals, or we've gotten a couple of turnovers down in that area. But, you know, it's something you don't want to depend on. You just want to, hey, let the team go down inside the 20-yard line and say, okay, guys, now let's stop them. Uh, That's not a good recipe. So, you know, we need to do a little better job of getting off the field earlier uh, in the drives. We haven't gotten enough three-and-outs this year. And so, uh, you know, we need to get more of the three-and-outs to to, keep our offense in rhythm and and get our defensive guys some rest. So, you know, it's been been kind of a mixed bag offensively and defensively. We've done some good things and then uh, had some ups and downs in, in other Tell me if uh, if Kentucky and Coach Stoops are doing anything in preparation for what Matty Mock brings on offense. He's, of course, struggled uh, throwing the ball and has relied a little bit more on his legs. He didn't have a lot of yards last week, but they may lean on that read option given that the running game has struggled between the tackles. Is there anything that Kentucky looks to maybe do to contain Matty Mock and his versatility both on, on the ground and in the air? Well, uh, Coach Stoops uh, talked about that uh, in his news conference this week, and and uh, it's just one man man's opinion. I thought Malk was the difference in the game last year in Columbia, which Missouri won twenty to ten, because uh, on multiple occasions in that game we had the receivers covered, we had everything bottled up. Looks like hey, we got a chance to get a sack here, and then Malk scrambled out of trouble and got 
big, crucial games, and he did that on multiple occasions. So, uh, you know, in my opinion, he was the difference in last year's game, his ability to take potentially negative plays and turn them into big positive plays for Missouri. So that's a real concern for us, and, and you know, it's something we're looking out for, and exactly what we're doing scheme-wise, I'm not sure, you know, what uh, the coaches will come up with, but it's something we have to recognize because uh, Malk really hurt us last year with his uh, ability to scramble. Tell us a little bit about the Kentucky offense, because certainly everybody in Columbia thinks if we're going to come away from Lexington with a victory, it's going to be because of our strong defense, which has been pretty impressive up to this point. Tell us about the Kentucky offense and how they might go up against basically their second really strong conference defense in a row. Yeah, it's it's going to be a, uh, a challenge for us. Uh, uh, we've got tremendous respect for Kentrell Brothers. He's a guy who's just all over the field, uh, not only just making Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast tackles but making big plays in terms of you know got a couple interceptions already he's got tackles for loss he's been blocking kicks uh charles harris at end um you know has been tremendous uh, you know i think he's got three sacks so far eight tackles for loss and he's among the conference leaders in uh both of those stats and i tell you that's something missouri just has done a tremendous job of uh just to know in the, the four years that now they've been in the league just watching them is they just keep getting those great defensive lineman and when you've got uh, uh, defensive lineman that can control the line of scrimmage boy you can do whatever you want to with that, that back seven it makes it really really hard to move the ball and score points and you know, that's what Florida was able to do on us last week their their defensive line played a terrific game and um, uh, you know was able to, to hold our offensive line pretty well in check and and uh, you know because of that we struggled to move the ball and, and, and finish drive so we've got to improve we've got to play a better game offensively and especially up front than than we did last week in order to give ourselves a chance we've got a uh, junior quarterback in his second year as a starter Patrick Tolles and uh, kind of like the rest of our team he's had some ups and downs this year Patrick's a pretty good quarterback and uh, you know he had over 3,000 yards total offense last year uh, but had some ups and downs struggles he's made some really really good plays and then he's uh, had some opportunities that he hadn't been able to, to finish so you know I think the, the thing that we need more than anything else we being the, the Kentucky side is uh, we just need to be some consistency offensively which we have struggled to do so far we have um, you know a good backfield I think that's probably one of the strengths of our team we've used three players at running back so far this year Boom Williams uh, who's averaging eight yards per carry thus far and Jojo Kemp averaging 5.6 Mikhail Horton 4.1 so our tailbacks have have done very very well so far uh with that being said uh you know they got to have some help so uh you know our offensive line who played pretty well first couple of games you know got to bounce back from a challenging performance last week in order for us to to move the ball against uh, that fine missouri defense 
Finally, tell me a little bit about the, the pulse of Lexington right now. I feel like across the nation, uh, the reputation of K- Kentucky football has certainly improved in the last couple of years, and it looks like Coach Stoops has you all moving in the right direction. And uh, with the close loss to Florida, Missouri coming into town, I think uh, Kentucky's a three-point favorite at home. Is there expectations for this game this season, and do you think they're living up to them to this point? What's the fan reaction to the to the team? Well, I think the the fan base has been very supportive. We've had to sell out uh, crowds the first two home games, and uh, hoping to have another good crowd uh, Saturday night. The uh, uh, as you said, Coach Stoops has done a really good job building this program so far. He took over a, a team that had won two games the previous year, and, and so it was a rebuilding situation for him. And uh, he's gone from two wins to five wins last year so obviously a, a good step in the right direction and and he, you know he hasn't put a number on it he doesn't want to to uh you know oversell or undersell our team you never know what's going to happen in the season but you know what he's looking for and what our athletic director is you know looking for and and our fans are looking for is progress and so you know certainly i think uh, the next logical step for our team would to, to be to go to a bowl game but of course to do that you got to win six games we're sitting here at two and one, and uh, uh, I've still got nine games left to play. So we'll just have to wait and see, you know, whether we can can meet that uh, meet that goal of, of getting to a bowl game. Uh, you know, only time's going to tell. We've got to win at least, uh, obviously, at least four more out of these last nine in order to to hit a bowl game. And you know, so if if we could uh, somehow pull out a victory this week against a, a really good Missouri team, you know, that would go a long way to doing that. But of course, it's easier said than done. We'll just have to see uh, what happens when the teams line up on Saturday. Sure. I, I mean, I've been impressed with Kentucky so far, and I think that uh, a bowl season is, is definitely within sight. Thank you very much for joining us, Tony. It's been it's been fun chatting with you. Uh, glad to, Brent. Appreciate you having me on. And, uh, again, uh, compliments to uh, uh, the great start that Missouri's had. Uh, you know, I wasn't overly familiar with Missouri football before they joined the, the SEC, and, boy, getting to watch them up close the, the last three years have just been – very impressed with what Coach Pinkle and his staff have done. I know it's a, a bunch of coaches who've been together for a long time, and we can just tell that continuity because his, those teams play so steadily and make so few mistakes. You know, Missouri's a team lines up and says, "Okay, we're not going to make we're going to make very few mistakes. You got to line up and beat us," and and they make it hard on you to do that. So, again, uh, tremendous respect for uh, Coach Pinkle and how he's been able to build his build and maintain his program over the years. Thanks a lot, Tony. Appreciate it. Joining us now, two-time Super Bowl tied in for the Denver Broncos and Pro Bowl winner with the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Byron Chamberlain. Thanks for joining us, Byron. Hey, how you doing, Matt? Doing great. I'm excited for SEC play. Missouri's uh, heading into Lexington, Kentucky for our first in-conference battle, and it's going to be a big one because we really don't know a heck of a lot about this team yet, even after three games want to talk to you a little bit because offense is the factor and being an offensive guy yourself interested in your insights on what Missouri's offense is going to look like well you know you said you know going into SEC play what do we know about the Tigers well number one we know the Tigers defense uh, they look like a championship caliber defense the questions are on on the offensive side of the ball um, 
you know, there's been inconsistent play by our quarterback, Matty Mock. Um, and then, you know, we haven't had much of a running game to help him out as well. So, and I think that's because of this, uh, a younger offensive line where you've got a, a lot of guys on that offensive line who are making their first, uh, it's their first starts, you know, of, uh, of their college career. So that's kind of playing into a, into it a little. Uh, going into Kentucky though, they gotta make sure they sure up that offensive line, uh, get better production out of running back play, uh, and then Matty Mark's got to make better decisions uh, when he's throwing the ball. And, um, you know, because Kentucky's playing pretty pretty, pretty well right now. They had, they had a game they, they should have won. They should have beat Florida. Uh, they're coming off a, a win over South Carolina. So uh, Tigers have got to, got to make sure they sure up this stuff on offense going into Kentucky. Sure, and I want to circle back to that offensive line because there are a couple of young guys, but there's also – four seniors that uh, are on that offensive line. And so there is experience there. Now, I know they've been shuffled around, uh, particularly Connor McGovern has been moved to left tackle, and even the coaches have stated he's more of a natural guard. But uh, there is experience at that position, and they struggled early last year but kind of came to gel. And you'd think with the experience they have that they'd start gelling or we'd have seen some semblance of it already. But I, I don't see anything that I'm particularly positive about. Maybe that'll change, but... You, you know, the thing about it is when you switch sides of the field, you switch from guard to tackle or tackle to guard, it, it, it seems like it's easy because you have experience, but it's a whole different animal. It's a whole different beast. There's a whole different way you have to pass protect as a guard versus uh, playing the tackle position. You can give up a little more uh, depth when you're playing the tackle position versus guard, or you want to have... Uh, that pocket clean in front of the quarterback, uh, so he so he has the ability to step up in the pocket and, and make throws or whatever. So you know it's going to take time. To to me, it just takes a little time for those guys to get gelled together, and it, it takes time for them to really understand the intricacies of of those positions, whether it's moving from guard to tackle or tackle to guard or or from tackle to center or whatever. So. Yeah, th- I, I, that's that's just what I think. Sure, and and another area where uh, Missouri fans have, have to try to remain patient uh, due to inexperience, of course, is the receiver position. But one thing I wanted to ask you about, Byron, as as a tight end, uh, Sean Culkin had some struggles last year catching the ball. Uh, you know, not always blocking as well as a guy his size you might think he would. This year, he looks like a different player. I have to say, he's he's one of the most reliable pass catchers Mock has found. He's sort of a stopgap. And um, in multiple games, he's been very productive. You know, he's a year older, but what do you attribute Sean Culkin's uh, increased success this season to? Well, let me, let me first say this. You know, being a former tight end at Mizzou, Missouri has had a great tradition of tight ends come through our program. Uh, myself, Chase Kaufman, uh, Martin Rucker, and guys like that, uh, going back to Kellen Winslow. We've had a, a great history of, of tight ends that come through the Mizzou program. And, and Sean Conkin looks to be the next guy. Um, one of the things that I've seen as far as his improvement, speaking with uh, uh, Coach Patrick Ivey, who's in charge of the uh, strength and conditioning program there for Mizzou football, he said Sean Conkin had an excellent offseason this summer, uh, worked hard in the weight room, worked hard on his conditioning, and then spent a lot of time with Matty Malk. Uh, just running, running routes, catching balls, uh, getting his timing down with him. So he's a guy that, that I 
was expecting this year to be counted on, and he's looking like he's done a better a job, like you said, of catching the ball, being there for, for Matty Mock. And, you know, the, the thing about an offense is when you're struggling, the tight end is the, is the quarterback's best friend. Right. Because most of the time you run those short to intermediate routes, it's easier throws than throwing the ball outside or down the field to to the wide receiver's high percentage. And it seems like Sean Calkin has put in the work and, it, and it's paying it's paying, uh, you know, dues right now. So, um, one of the things last year, he only had one touchdown. And, and that's something that I was really looking forward to his production in the red zone, being better, being better in, in SEC play. So, he, he's doing a great job. He sure is. And, and besides uh, Sean Culkin, you know, some of the receivers have had some drops, and, and that's been well talked about. But one of the things I'm focusing on for next week is the return of Russell Hansborough, who uh, has had that ankle sprain he's been battling since the beginning of the SEMO game. And uh, a lot of the fans are pinning a lot of hopes on Hansborough's return because the running game has been stifled so far. And if we can get- you, know, you know, being just watching Mizzou and watching their offense go um, – and seeing the struggles in the running game, uh, you know, br- bringing Russell Hansborough back, and hopefully he's more, he's closer to 100% with that ankle injury. I think he'll bring some well-needed experience, number one. But number two, uh, explosion and big plays back to that Missouri offense. Because at times you're watching it, there are holes that that offensive line has created. And it seems like some of our backs right now just can't get those, through those holes like uh Russell Hansborough has had a history of doing, or or guys that we had before him, as in you know Henry Josie or, or uh, Marcus Murphy type guys. So I think Russell brings that to the table. I really believe uh, that Missouri's running game will be a lot better going into this Kentucky game. Uh, that is, if, if he's close to a hundred percent and he has the ability to to explode through the hole, uh, make the cuts that he, he's we're normally uh, used to seeing him make. So I, I really believe that Zoo's running game will be a, a lot better going into this Kentucky game. Well, I sure hope you're right, because if it's true, uh, that should also boost the confidence of this offensive line that, that, that's that been struggling a little bit as well. I was going to ask you also, Byron, um, for, for those of you who don't know, which is probably everybody, there, Byron and I got hooked up with a little minor Twitter feud, <laughs> as uh, <laughs> we are known to uh, – get a little boisterous and negative at times when the Tigers are doing poorly. We get emotional, and Byron called us out on that. And uh, so unlike uh, our politicians, we we handled it like gentlemen, and we are all good now. But I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, you know, there's been uh, controversy at the quarterback position with mock struggles, and then, of course, everybody loves the backup quarterback and and Drew Locke until, you know, something bad happens. But – you know, Matty Mock reacted to some folks booing him by saying, you know, he, that's why they're in the stands and I'm on the field. And he, he stepped those statements back a little bit. But uh, And then, you know, Alabama lost to Ole Miss. And, and uh, Christian Miller, their linebacker, commented that he couldn't believe Alabama fans were leaving before the end of the game. There, there's some players that, especially with social media, who've been giving some grief to the fans. And I just wanted to ask you, Byron, about, you know, sort of the role of the fan, especially when times are tough. You know, how much right or privilege do they have to express anger or anxiety? And how much of it is they should be, you know. You know, you, you, you do have a right as a fan to express yourself and express, um, you know, your displeasure with the play on the field. I think when you cross the line, when it gets, start, gets a little personal, 
right. uh, guys. And now with the with social media, and that's the one thing they didn't have when I was in school. Mm-hmm. You know, fans can talk directly to players and directly at players and, and let them know how they feel about their play, about their decision making, and, and things of that sort. But I, I will say this as a as a fan of the Tigers, as a passionate Mizzou fan. Uh, for me, I'm not going to put anything out there that's negative uh, for our program, mm-hmm. so anybody else can see. Because you know what, when you're sharing things on sharing things on social media, it's not just going to that person or that team or whatever. Everybody sees it. Mm-hmm. So for me, for me, I, my responsibility to, to Mizzou and to the Black and Gold is I'm not going to try to put anything negative out there, even if I'm displeased with the play on the field or, or, or things of that sort. Uh, for Batty, and just speaking on his situation, you know, he's he's had uh, he's had a lot of drops this year by some young receivers. He sure has. And, That's and, right. And you know what the thing is, if you if you make those where he's throwing great balls, if you make those balls completions, um, his percentage goes up. It goes up to respectable level. Uh, but then he's had his struggles, and he's made those bad decisions. Where well, we sat, we saw him uh, against. Um, Connecticut sit in the pocket for about five or six seconds and then throw an interception, a bad pass on that sideline. So he's contributed to it as well. But the thing is this, and a lot of people who don't follow Mizzou football really don't know. Uh, if you look at Coach Pinkle and, and the way he's always treated quarterbacks from the day he stepped into the, the, the Tiger building, he's always given his backup quarterbacks one, one series in the second quarter and then based on the, the game and how the game's going, he gives them one series uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, just so happens right now that Matty Mock is struggling, so people are looking at us like, wow, Matty Mock is struggling. They're putting in, they're putting in lock. Well, it, it's not because he's struggling. It's just the way that Coach Pinkle goes about uh, running his program. He wants that backup quarterback to have a little game experience. Mm-hmm. So it just so if it happens, he gets knocked out of the game or the season like. Um, James Franklin did uh, a while ago, uh, I mean, a couple of seasons ago, Matty Mark stepped right in and was able to handle uh, the Tigers in that offense because he had had some experience. But this goes back to Brad Smith, and, and he would bring Chase Daniels in for, uh, Chase Daniel in for, a, for a, a series in the second quarter and a series in the fourth. And Chase was a starter. He'd do the same thing with Blaine Gabbert. When Blaine Gabbert was a starter, he'd do the same thing with James Franklin. So it's no, to me, it's no controversy. It's just the way Mizzou... Uh, program is ran. It just so happens, though, that we've never had a quarterback in that time period struggle uh, with decision making and things of that sort like Matty Marcus had. So it, I don't really believe that Drew Locke is going to find for to become the starter. Uh, I think it's just uh, standard operating procedure. I think you're right about uh, the way Pinkle and his staff have handled the quarterback situation, and it's all designed. I think if there's controversy it's just amongst the fans and sort of the media when they i mean certainly we've talked about how there have been times where mock looks like the inexperienced freshman and lock looks like the sort of poised upperclassman and um you know and 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 that gets people talking and while the the coaching staff has a game plan and doesn't pay attention to that stuff uh certainly the fans fans do and, and, and circling back to the you know, fans reaction to type of things i think we've taken a slightly different approach where we, i mean i uh, you know i certainly appreciate fans who want to remain positive and everything but we kind of look at ourselves as consumers of of the sport and 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 it's not you know we don't have an obligation 
to uh, the team. I mean, while that might not be ideal for you know fan base, if we're not happy with something going on, we're ha- we're fine with stating it. And uh, I, I totally agree with you, though, that there is a line that can be crossed, and certainly with social media and the personal attacks, um, that's where it probably lies. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm just saying what works for me, and what works for Absolutely. me being a former, well, being a former player, mm-hmm. and, and just understanding the big picture. You know, it, it's to me, it's just not about this one game. It's just not about this um, one series that he threw an interception or whatever. You know, the fact is, if I put something negative out there. And I, I understand other people read this. Mm-hmm. Other teams read this. I have I have uh, high school recruits who follow me, right? And they're looking at Mizzou as a place to play. And these are four or five star kids who are looking for a team for a college team to play. So if I'm going out there and I'm saying something negative about our program, about our players, and about what's going on, they're going to see this, and and maybe they choose, uh, you know. Kentucky, or maybe they choose Georgia, or maybe they choose South Carolina instead of Mizzou. Right. Where, whereas, you know, if they see me out there, even though it's it's we're struggling or whatever, but I'm being positive, I'm putting out positive tweets or whatever, I'm building up our program. They say, hey, you know what? They're struggling right now. They they may could use me. I might I might should go there. So there's there's a, there's a, a bigger picture than just the moment uh, I- and just what's going on then. That for me, and I feel that responsibility. Uh, being a former player, being a, a guy that's made it to the NFL, that came through Mizzou, and 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 that a, a lot of other guys are, are kind of look at. So sure, and that makes total sense. And and you you mentioned uh, young players coming through. Why don't you tell us a little bit what you're uh, what you're working on now, Byron? Well, one of the things that I'm working with now is I have a company. My company is called Pro Day Experience. We partnered with a couple of other companies called uh, American Football Development and American Football Union. And we travel the globe uh, bringing football camps and football trainings and, and introducing kids from, you know, as young as the age of seven to all the way up to college age to the game of American football. But we do it internationally. So we've gone to China. We've gone to Sweden. We've gone to Egypt. We've gone to England. And as a matter of fact, we have a, 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 we have a trip scheduled to England uh, in October uh, where we're going to do um, four or five-day camp situation and we're going to actually go out to high schools uh, junior highs over there and introduce them to the game of american football so i'm happy to be doing that i'm it's it's really promoting the game uh, of american football just being an ambassador for the game and uh the funny thing is i was over there i was over there a few months ago and um i was um doing a football camp in canterbury england which is right outside of london and uh, there was a kid there at the camp, and he had a Mizzou shorts and a Mizzou shirt and a Mizzou sweatshirt and a Mizzou hat on. And I'm like, how'd you become a Mizzou fan? He said, you know, I, I, the first time I was introduced to American football, I saw this story on Michael Sam. Hmm. And uh, it just got me into watching the, the Mizzou Tigers and uh, became a big fan of there. It was incredible to see this guy uh, across the, the pond, as they say, uh, who had only been playing football for like a couple of years and, and just learned about the game, uh, learned it, learned about it through one of our, our former Mizzou alumni, and he uh, he became a, a huge Mizzou fan. So, wow, that's very a, interesting. Sure, indeed. Well, that sounds like an uh, an exciting thing you got going, and certainly uh, I'm sure it will be very helpful to expand the the scope of the game beyond uh, the states. 
good luck with your uh, with your efforts on that. Oh, thank you, thank you. And thanks, uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, feel free to uh, chat with us, Mizzou football, anytime. Hey, let me let me say this, um, uh, Mizzou fans, don't don't worry. I think uh, Mizzou is going to go into Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky. I think they're going to they're going to get their offense rolling a little better. The defense is is outstanding already. I mean, we've got guys on that D line, and everybody's like wondering how we're going to replace Shane Ray. How we're going to Replace Marcus Golden. Well, we got some stars on there, some young stars. Charles Harris, uh, Terry Beckner Jr. Uh, on that line. Augusta, Dasha Augusta. So we got some guys out there who are who are just phenomenal. And then Kentrell Brothers. I think he's playing the best out of any linebacker in the country. He's all over the field. And I think Mizzou goes in there, and we're a three-point underdog. So so to so take the points, <laughs> and Mizzou goes in there and, and finds a way to win win the ball game. And, you know, the thing is, the thing too. Right now, as we've struggled, Mizzou fans, but we're three and zero. That's right. So that's something to be happy about. Yeah, well, I'm uh, I'm betting on it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take your words as a lock, and I'm gonna bet on that. All right. <laughs> Thanks again, Byron. <laughs> All right. Thanks for having me. M I Z Z O U. So there you have it, folks. The clouds will part, the sun will shine, and uh, Missouri players will start crushing people like the bugs they are. I'll tell you my pick for this week. I think Missouri's going to win by seven. I think uh, the running game's going to improve. is going to make the offensive line look better. The receivers are going to get open more than they did against UConn. The defense is going to be a rock like they always are and uh, predict a uh, seven-point win. Now, whether that means seven to nothing or 17-10, I can't tell you. But uh, go Tigers. Go Tigers.